Welcome to Pierce the Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 180, the update episode. Yeah. I felt like that was like an, I was trying to, I felt like I was trying to make some kind of ad. Yeah. Episode 180. And, and yeah, you had something you were going to say there. And then, and then it was just the update episode. <laughs> but it is. It's, it's a great, I loved it. I'm pumped about this update episode because there's a lot going on. Is there? And we're almost at, okay. Yes, yes, there is. Okay. Oh my, I don't so, I don't follow the uh the the reseller news. Well, I don't I don't know if there's a lot. I, I know in my own personal reselling there's uh, a lot gotcha. going on. So I'm I'm really pumped because it's now almost Q4. I anticipate Q4 is gonna be huge. I have no option. People ask me all the time, like Orlando, like what if it isn't? And for me, it's like Okay, like what am I supposed to do? Mm. Like I, I have no option but to move forward. And then if things don't go well, then I'll have to, you know, pivot and adapt. But right now, I gotta anticipate it's gonna be huge because if I don't, and it is, I'm gonna feel really sad in January. Yeah, kick yourself, you know, just like I kick myself for not buying Bitcoin when it was, you know, only a couple hundred dollars. Uh, oh, but, you know, you know, I, I, I don't want to go down that road. It's like Tesla right now. Like mm. the Tesla's like now it just split. So I don't know. Sorry, I just got an eBay offer as soon as we started the episode. So yeah, he's he's always he's always working <laughs> over there. So uh, but uh, you know, it's one of those things you can get into all like Kodak, like the Kodak stock like blew up and now it's not that big anymore. Listen, and Mike and I were talking about this before on the podcast. Like the older you get, the more I begin to think. I don't know if Mike believes the same way as I do, but I think just stuff falls in people's lap. Yeah. Right. Luck happens, but it happens out of persistence. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to uh, our very first level of review with the rich man in Babylon is opportunities arise for people. And if you are not prepared to jump on those opportunities, then you're going to lose. So what, what some people call luck. And of course, there's those exceptions. Oh, there's some crazy exceptions. Yeah. Like, you're like, what? This person's a millionaire? Like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that get a lot of stuff they don't deserve. Right. Yeah, and then sure. you get resentment and so you can't look and focus on what others are, are getting either yeah so but anyways yeah so you've got to I, I agree with that idea of like you've got to go into this q4 um and and just reselling in general with the anticipation and the um intention that you are going to capitalize on every opportunity because one of those things are going to be the thing that's going to be your break if you're going to have a break at all right and if if you don't do anything then you're never going to get that break so yeah you've got to go at it you've got to try really hard and I think I think that's a that's a good way to start the episode. So uh, what's going on in uh, in your world? Oh, okay. So so there's a lot going on. I I'm finally getting to selling my electronics, like you know those those cash stacks. Mm -hmm. And here's what's, what's crazy about it is that they are bringing in more money than some of the regular things I'm listing, which is crazy. So I shared on Instagram story. I had one. I had a DVD recorder, literally sitting on a shelf for over a year. Like there was dust on it. It was all crazy. And I only paid $20, listed it, sold within eight hours for 160 something dollars plus shipping. Okay. Then I had a receiver sitting on my shelf for over an hour and a half. Paid, I believe, yeah, $18, $18 with my teacher discount at the store that shall not be named. And sold within three days for about $127. Mm. Here's the other crazy one. I had this thing called it was a Foster X86 uh, mixer recorder or something like from the 80s. Like you put there, you put a tape in there, and I guess you like modify the sound. I don't. I don't know. I'm 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 not an audiophile, but I was about to toss this. Now this was an item that I got from my reseller friend. So if he's listening to this, I'm sorry, Jesus. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, that you know he got out of reselling, and so 
you know, he gave me a ton of stuff. I mean, I paid, but you know, a lot of it was just kind of like, Hey, just, you know, just take it all. Mm -hmm. And I got it. And I hadn't touched this item since I think I picked it up in January from him. I go home. I'm like, I'm gonna list this. I test it and it's not working right. Like the moment I press power, the tape's already going, mm -hmm. but there's no tape in there. So I'm like, Oh no. And then I try to fix it and I remove the cover and I, I chip off a part of the cover. And so the tape cover won't. So this is a tape deck that opens up right from yeah, it's I'm trying to describe like a top this podcast. Top, there you go. Okay. So I'm like, oh, so I'm like, all right, well, I go and I see on eBay on the comps, like people are selling it for used parts, you know, not working for about 30 to 50 bucks. I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I'm just going to list this high. So I take pictures. I show where, you know, it's broken. I actually see in the description, like tape deck starts working as soon as you power on. Don't know what to do. Blah, 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 blah. Sells within 48 hours for $85 plus shipping. Nice. So I'm like, what? Okay. So maybe I'm going to have to retract my comment of I'm not going to pick up these items again. Yeah, once once you get the the sweet taste of the moolah that it brings in. I, I'm serious. And now I look and I still have like two other stacks of this stuff that I haven't listed. And I'm like, it, it, it was worth it. It was heinous having to bring it in for my storage unit, having to connect everything and all that stuff. But if, you, if I think about the time I spent, I spent probably, let's say at the most 30 minutes per item to at the least make a hundred dollars net profit can't beat that no well, can't good. beat that so so there's that and then i'm building ebay right now like there's no other like I've, I've never worked so hard to build ebay i had been mentioning this i'm stocking up for q5 i've been doing a lot of retail arbitrage for q5 a lot of it has been q5 q4 <laughs> a lot of this has been because of amazon i had to pull all these items and i had all kinds of apparel and I finally, you know, you know me, like how long did I have an inkjet printer until I finally like went to laser, right? Mm -hmm. and, and and I didn't even buy one. Like Eric, the college picker had to ship me one for free. And you're still not really using uh, your thermal printer very much. Is that the case? My Dymo? Yeah. Not, not for labels, not for like shipping labels. I don't think I can. What? Or maybe I can. Yeah. Maybe I can make the small little labels for it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm not doing that, but I finally splurged. And I bought a mega light box, hmm. like the mega ones, like the seven foot, like tall, five foot wide to do apparel. And, you know, I, I, I was really inspired. I was watching Ashley Hustle at Home Mom that she got one about two months ago. And I DM'd her and I'm like, listen, is it really, really that big of a deal? Like, was it a game? She's like, oh, yeah, I, I hmm. completely because she already had great pictures. And if you've seen my posts on Instagram. So as a result of the pandemic, I haven't had my helper. And she's had my backdrop and my lighting equipment. So I've been taking literally, I go to the dollar store and I buy a vinyl table cover and I tape it to a wall and I get my, my house, like, uh, or torche lamps. What do you call those? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's ghetto. And I set it up and you know, with my mannequin, I take pictures. And if you see some of the Instagram posts, you're like, these are terrible. Like, even if you do the remove background, I haven't done remove background. It's just too much time to do remove background. But but you could you could just uh turn any of those into like beautiful pictures. I could, you but you wouldn't need the uh, light box. Stuff still sells anyways, so I'm not I'm not inclined to do that. Now, I wanted to get better pictures cuz I feel like I could have more velocity. Like things could look better and obviously it's going to come out better, especially now that a lot of people have gone to dark mode on their phones for mm -hmm. eBay. 
And so I decided it was finally to go all in. And it was about $300 from B&H Photo. We actually have a link below. So I'm hoping it's an affiliate link. I applied to do an affiliate link, you know, to help us out. But they haven't gotten back to us yet. So we'll see. They're old school. Like they want to know where we're going to put our website banner. Mm. And, you know, we we have a website. We do have PureRussellPodcast.com. Do we? Yeah, we do. Are we still? I bought it. We bought it in the early days because I was like, I never want to end up like if we have a following. We have the domain name, but do we actually have like an active live like website? No, no, no. Actually, I did attempt it. I did. We got a Weebly or something. Mm. I think that's what it called it. I started sending it up and I'm like, nah, like, we're not going to do this. But mm. maybe, maybe we'd, we'd be. Maybe we'll get into the 21st century and actually get our website going. But I don't know if websites are 21st century. Yeah, like what, right now with social media and everything going on, like you think about how much you can do with like Linktree and now, now Walmart, it bought TikTok and Walmart's putting links in TikTok to get to their merchandise via their e-commerce platform like i don't know is that the case walmart about tiktok that that's what the latest discussion is i don't think it's fully sealed yet but because people were thinking like walmart like why would walmart but but i part of it is advertisement yeah yeah and they're trying to get into the e-commerce game so i say that's all we haven't done a website because we've been able to function without it like before it was like hey if you wanted to sell shirts we need a website Mm -hmm. right but now you just go to our link tree and you could buy it off of ebay and we're good you know all right all that being said it cost 300 bucks. And I had to think about like 300 bucks isn't a lot. If I think about if this is going to increase sales, I'm going to make that money back and it's going to pay the cost. And I've had, you know, it's been a good three, four months. So I decided to splurge. Mike, game changer. Yeah. Game changer. Multiple levels. One, you ever get that low when you're reselling? You know about this. You talk about this. Like, I, I'm so, I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to list this. Like, I don't want to take pictures. I don't want to do this. But now I'm like. I have this awesome light box. Is it just because it's the shiny new toy? Do you it is. Wear yeah. off? It is. I, it probably will. But for now, you know, so I had, I took pictures of like over a hundred items in one day. Nice. Right. And I just, just flew. Cause it was easy. It was easy. Like it's, it's already set up. The mannequins are already inside. I don't have to move anything around. Like it's good to go. And the lighting's good. Back in the day, I used to use, uh, I think it was on Google Chrome. It was called Picasa mm-hmm. to like update my photos and do the light. I, None of that. Like, I don't even do that now. That's why my pictures are like, eh. But these are crisp. They're clean. Some of them, I didn't do so great a job. Like, I should have adjusted on the iPhone, like, the brightness level when I took it. But it's okay. And on top of that, I can now list big items really easily. So the other day, when I was garage selling, I picked up a, a ab circle, I think it was. Oh, right. Right? And it's a bigger item. And it would have been heinous, like, to take pictures. Or... Even that indoor board, I don't know if you've seen those indoor boards, like they look like a mini surfboard mm-hmm. and, and whatever. Uh, easy. It's so huge. Like, so now I have I have this huge uh, bear that I bought at the store I shall not be named for like a hundred bucks. Literally, it's about six foot tall and wide and something that's like man cave-ish kind of like, deal. Like a Costco bear? Like one of those big old No, no, it, well, it's not bears. a plush. It's not oh, a plush. Okay. It's like a... It's like oh, a, like a like a like a stuffed, almost looking like yeah, nice. It's massive, and he's like fishing and all this. But that's cool. I never li- I never listed on eBay. I put it. I actually took pictures within the store that shall not be named. Listed it local, and no movement on mm. it. Right now, I have I know how to, I can ship pretty much anything. Like I'm not scared to ship this thing if it sells. And now I have this light box. I'm just gonna put in the light box, take pictures of it, and I'll keep you guys updated if it sells. But I think it's it's gonna be the game changer. So I just want to see like you do this with your window open and your neighbor walk by your house with you with this giant bear instead of a light box and you're taking <laughs> pictures of 
They'd be like, what is this guy doing? Well, you have to remember, I live in a condo, yeah, right? Yeah. So this is taking up major space. Like mm. I have a tread climber right next to it, like literally right up to it. And it's, you know, it's it's life, but it's part of my long-term plan to eventually move. And so I needed a scale to have enough capital to eventually get a bigger space. I like it. So that, that's where I'm at. Yeah. Cool. All right. How about you? <laughs> Uh, you kind of worried me a little bit. You touched this out. We good? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something in a little bit with it, but don't worry. Um, okay. so yeah, for me, I'm back at I'm back at uh school. Uh, the last couple of weeks, we've been doing like all of our teacher and service, kind of prepping for distance learning. I'm in California, San Diego. We're still doing the distance thing where we're at uh, our district, and um, so my time has been completely consumed by like my full-time job my you know yeah. what would be considered like my real job i guess um so um your career yeah my career um and so i've had a hard time as far as actually like getting like into the routine and getting back into like all right now i can go sourcing now i can go do this um and i think once i get the routine settled i think things will be better but the nice thing is is me going back and, and working now because i'm not i mean when it was just me my wife and my son all summer long you know, we just wanted to spend time together. We just wanted mm -hmm. to hang out. You know, we didn't, the idea of working when we didn't need to, especially because this is our first summer of her staying home since we moved into the fifth wheel and all of that. Like we just, it was, it's been a great summer, but now that I'm back, my wife is starting to get back into like her routine, right? Mm -hmm. Of uh, before when I was in school, she would come to our office. She would take pictures of items. She'd get items listed. She'd take care of the shipping. And I would do a lot of the sourcing and I'd help her with shipping and things like that. And I'd take list certain items and uh, now that I'm back, she's getting back into her routine and we're starting to see our store go back up in our inventory, nice. which has been really nice. And one of the things that I noticed that was kind of, I guess this would be, I don't know if it's really a random story, but just something like that, that's interesting is as we're listing these death pile items that we have and, you know, I've, I've got good items. I, I know how to shop for decent things that are going to, you know, get good money. But a lot of the things that I've been picking up over the last year or two are also really good things, but they just have been stagnant. They haven't really mm -hmm. moved. But a lot of these new things, it's like not too long after posting these new things, a lot of the new things are what's selling. Mm -hmm. And so it just reminds me and, and kind of reaffirms the idea that I need to go back through a lot of my old listings. And I don't know what it will be that exactly triggers the algorithm. I don't know if it's if it's just dropping the price a little bit to get a little bit of movement on it, or if it'd be worthwhile taking items completely down, bringing them back up, right? Because now the, the, it'll help with my overall stores like click-through rate or sell-through rate. Because if I've had an item that's had a lot of views and it hasn't sold, and that's bringing down my numbers for my store as far as how many customers or, or potential customers are looking at my items but not buying. Whereas if I can get rid of some of those items that have been up for six months to a year, repost them, and then get fresh eyes on them, that might help just overall with whatever, however the algorithm works. And I think the conversation we had with Chris, uh, the, uh, the daily refinement was really good with the idea of, you know, we as just shoppers, you know, are going to go to the stores where we get the best deals. And if we're consistently getting good deals at certain stores, those are going to be the first on our route. And the same thing is uh, true for eBay, right? Like eBay is going to push their customers to the stores that have the best sell-through rate. They're not going to spend the time and energy advertising for stores that, don't have a very good sell-through rate because then they they have to pay for that advertisement. I mean, we do through promoted listings, but if you're paying for promoted listings and they're putting your advertisement up on stuff and things haven't sold, they're going to pick the person whose stuff is selling. So it might be worthwhile to adjust my store numbers by, I don't know whether it's 
completely unlisting things and relisting them, maybe different price, maybe, you know, same everything, keep the pictures the same. Or if it's, hey, I'm just going to drop the price, maybe a dollar or two or 5% on each item. And if that's enough to trigger that algorithm, I don't know what it's going to be exactly, but it's just shocking that I'm, I will list something and then within a day or two it sells and it's like, wait a minute, we have a lot of similar things that have mm-hmm. been sitting for a long time and haven't sold. So um, I think I think I, I need to get some 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 more movement and traffic going there because it's been nice having these sales, but it's also kind of, you know, just odd that it's like, I get that these are the things selling because they're new and fresh, but so are the pair of shoes that have been up for, you know, nine months. Like, th- why did this pair sell and not this one? So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the best option is. Maybe you can, you know, give me a little bit of a some insight there. So, I, I do you have more update though? Like this, is, we're gonna go into random stories with with what you're just sharing right now, which is <clears throat> piggybacking what you're talking about. Yeah, no, I mean for the most part, that's uh, that's what I've got. Okay, so it's interesting you say that because I I've been thinking this through too. Uh, we had <coughs> Angela, the short sex seller, talking about in the Mega Hustle of the Week episode how she had an item and she adjusted her price from ninety nine cents to ninety seven cents, like at the yep. end, right? And she it triggered sales and. The other day, I'm sharing, I'm going to give insight through a story. <laughs> the other day, it was early in the morning and I was sending out offers. I don't know why I was sending out offers at 4.30 in the morning. Like I got up and I'm like, oh, I should just send some offers. And I sent out an offer for $3 for a pair of shoes. <laughs> I didn't know that. And like around... Even <laughs> though you have to hit confirm, you put in the price and then you have Dude, to hit it's, again. It's 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. I don't wake up till like... You know, it depends. If my kids have school six thirty, most of the time it's like nine o'clock, right? I don't know. It's it is scary what you do when you're half awake because sometimes yeah. you don't remember. Yeah, right. Don't, don't work when you're that tired. No, don't, don't. So I sent the offer, and I remember I, you know, I hear the ching, and when you hear the ching, ching, you're always like, yes, like another sale. And I look, and I, didn't, I was like, oh, I sold something. I didn't look at how much. Then when the payment received came in, it was like ten dollars and thirty three cents. I'm like, what? But what I was shipping, it was seven thirty three, but they paid three dollars. And I look, and it was a pair of workout shoes that I had listed for, I, I believe, like fifty nine ninety nine. And usually, I, I list, you know, when I send offers, it's about five bucks off, right. pretty much. So then I'm like, huh, I wonder, I wonder what to do now. Like, do I cancel this? But if you cancel, you know, you have. This, I hate, I hate canceling orders. Hate it. It's such a Heinous problem. I wish eBay had an option in a drop down menu to say, you know, eBay glitch or or you could say, you know, chose not. I I wish we had more freedom. Like, I wish we had the option to give us like three a month or if like, you know, for a reason we can't find it or whatever reason, you know, we think it's because I've had plenty lately where something sold on eBay and it showed up again as active and I'm not, you know, I think 99% of the time it's operator error. I must've somehow relisted it, but I don't know why that happens. I wish I had that option, but you don't. So I decided not to cancel the order. Cause I'm like, whatever, I paid six bucks for the shoes. I'm going to lose $3, but maybe this will trigger the algorithm. Sure enough, within half hour sale after sale after sale. And I think that day I ended up with like seven to $800 in sales, hmm. which, you know, that's a good day, mm-hmm. right? That's good. At least for me, it's a good. I know for some people, it's like, oh, that's chump change, Rolando. But for me, it's a good day. You know, on average, I try to, at the very least, have $200 in sales. I always like hitting three to 400, but I don't look at the daily. I look at the weekly. Mm-hmm. But lately, 
I pretty much accept, I shouldn't say this because then people are going to try to buy stuff in my store for cheap. But if things are slow, I will take a really, I mean, as long as it's, you know, above 50%, I'll take a lower best offer. Like today, I had somebody offer me, I think, $34 and a pair of Ferragamos. And, you know, I kind of regretted sourcing these two. They were kind of messed up and and I listed them high. And so I accepted it. And sure enough, within, you know, a half hour, I sold another pair of shoes. Right. And again, we don't know. Right. This is all speculation. But I 100 percent agree with you. I think the data is there that when you have consistent sell through rate, like you're you're selling stuff all the time, like you are going to do pretty well. Right. I And and with somebody that I, the posh hanger, Monica posh hanger, she I, there was a Q&A she did on Instagram and somebody asked her, like, do you ever counter offer? And she said she pretty much accepts everything that comes at her. Mm. And if you if you follow her on Instagram, she has crazy like she makes mad amounts of money uh and you know it all in you know, roi and all that is important but her sell through rates through the roof right mm-hmm. cindy amazing tastes the same way she prices her items in a way that she has a huge sell through rate so for me it's if these individuals that are making all kinds of sales are saying hey sell through rate consistently and again i know that i've been selling for a long time but there was a long time that i didn't believe in the sell through rate but i would say in the last year I've been doing really well because of the sell through rate. And, and part of that, I'll give you one more thing is I have been listing lower price items. lately. Mm-hmm. So not saying I'm sourcing them. Like what, what I mean is I'll do a bulk buy and I'll have like 20, like little train, you know, carriages that sell for only 10 bucks, but I'll list them all because I find that, you know, people are more likely to spend $10 instead of a hundred and they'll buy it. And sure enough, within an hour, I'll get another sale. So mm-hmm. I think it's a good mix. So, that's my thoughts on sell-through rate. Interesting. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's good as far as like, that answers the question of sending offers and accepting offers, but but even just with like stagnant items, like I don't know what's better to take an item completely oh, okay. down and Did relist it. Did I not it. answer your question at all? I mean, not really. Um, <laughs> to, to take an item down and relist it or to okay. or to just drop the price a little, like what what is the, what's the best there? You know, it, it's a tough one. The, 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 now I will answer your question now. I feel bad. That was so bad. No, it's good. That was politician status right there. But I wasn't trying to be a politician. I was actually trying to answer your question. So here's the thing. If you do the sell similar, if you end your listing sell similar, you lose your Google ranking, right? And then you lose all the watchers that you had on that item, right? So there's that. Now, fresh eyes will be on it. So maybe it'll play that part of the algorithm. I personally think the better option is to either promote your listing or work on your prices or put it at auction. I think those are your three. I actually almost got to this place where I was going to get all my items I haven't sold in a long time and put them all at auction. Mm. Just so, cause I know some individuals that they run auctions every week and it helps them their sell through rate. Hmm. So that's another thing. I mean, even it, you know, I'm not saying break even, but even if you make like two or three bucks on each item. So would you set your auction starting price at like the lowest you'd be willing to accept? Correct. Or would you go a little lower than that? Just it, to get the... It, it's where you feel... Com- yeah, it's where you feel comfortable with. Uh, for me, it's I would put probably a few bucks over what I pay to source it. I mean, because it's been so long, like you right. want to get that cash flow going. Right. Right. And at the same time, it will definitely help your shelter rate. Hmm. And it's going to motivate you. Right. We're all Pavlog dogs. Right. With the cha-ching. Yeah. Right. That's true. Yeah, I mean, if you got money tied up in inventory, that's the thing, too, is like we talked about even with the idea of assets um, when we were talking about rich dad, poor dad, the idea of inventory being an asset. Well, and I don't remember the exact, you know, specifications of, of and qualifications for each term, 
but there's a certain like inventory in a store does count as a certain type of asset as long as it sells within a certain amount of time. If it's inventory that sits for years and years and years, it no longer counts as, as that same kind of asset. It's a different, it goes into a different category. And so, yeah, I mean, you've got money, you've got capital tied up in inventory, which the idea is to increase, right? You know, buy low, sell high. Now you have more capital, you can buy more stuff or invest that in other parts of your business. But if you've got inventory that's been sitting for a long time, yeah, you might end up making the double, you know, your your profit or your initial investment, you know, two years down the road. But that two years is a long time. And if you've got 100 items sitting like that, it might be worth it to break even on all of them, have that capital again, and then kind of start fresh with new new sourcing and new items. So, yeah, I mean, I think auction might be be something I'll try for that. I mean, it, it, it might be a, a heinous... Uh, day of shipping that's funny right? i'm just thinking about that and if i go down this road like it will be because you will you will get sales you will get sales uh matt klein from matt klein hustle he actually did that one time and he was amazed at the prices he got like the bids went up on certain hmm. things but yeah it was crazy but he cleaned out a lot of his inventory and he had that cash flow going so that's good there you like go that. all right random stories yeah, I mean, like I kind of mentioned, that was kind of just my random story as far as my experience seeing certain items selling uh, yeah. and others not selling. It's crazy how that happens. Yeah, it really is. And then like looking like just at like recent sales that I've had, um, you know, when I went to that uh, wasn't really a garage sale, it was like a church, uh, a church rummage sale. And I picked up those hair dyeing kits. Right? Oh, yeah. And I picked up four of them, both sets, and they're two different colors. So... Two, two boxes in each set. So I did it as two listings total, total four boxes and two listings. And they both sold within like hours of each other for, you know, pretty good price. And really? so seeing that they went, which again, I mean, maybe this is like an added bolo. I mean, obviously people have talked about, you know, certain things, certain health products and things because of, of COVID and quarantine and people doing things on their own. If people can't go get their nails done, they can't go to salons, they can't go to barbershops, they can't go to, you know, gyms, all of those things which have pushed certain bolos up. Uh, but yeah, I mean specifically things like hair dye and um you know that type of stuff you know we've had people on before where they've talked about you know doing cosmetics and thinking this might be the time if there are people not going out and going and, and shopping for certain things and they don't want to go to the stores this could be even the the retail arbitrage for you go to these stores pick up these items when they're available and get them to people who don't want to leave their house but they still want to get their their cologne or they want to get their lotion or the hair dye or whatever it is um especially things like if they're used to going to a salon to get something done and they can't mm -hmm. so maybe like facial creams like masks and stuff like that might be uh, a nice little bolo there but it was great because these boxes sold so quickly i picked them up for probably 25 cents each and i sold them all four boxes total i think i'll make like 40 dollars net profit off of them and you know, that's pretty good to, to for something that's so simple to ship, you know, a couple pieces of bubble wrap around them, stick them in a mailer and send them off, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, compared to some of the items that I have that are big and bulky and they're difficult to ship. So I, I'm more and more going to be changing the types of items I'm sourcing as much as possible to be picking up things that are easy to ship and hopefully move quickly. Even if that the total profit that you make is a little bit less per item, you know, the convenience of shipping and the, 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 space that it takes up is so much less that it's kind of worth it. Yeah. And again, I, I shared this earlier in the podcast. I really find that when you start selling those cheaper items, I don't know where the home runs start selling too. Right. And so I, I, I just, I a hundred percent agree that the more you sell, 
the more likely algorithm is going to keep pushing more sales. And, and, and the more you got to list too, because eventually you have to have enough items that people are going in to buy. Mm. Right. And so, you know, we get this message all the time, like, Hey, I'm not selling anything. And the first question I ask is how many items are in your store? And they're like, Oh, I only have 50 or only have 200. And I'm like, well, think about if you go to a store and you're looking for a certain item, if that store only has 200 items and what you're looking for isn't there, you're going to move on. Right. And this is why I'm also a big believer in having, a big inventory, not, and there's different models, right? There's some people that believe in having no, like you sell through everything in a month. Mm. I'm more of the old school. I actually, I picked this up from scavenger life where they're big believers of the bigger the inventory you have, the more chances that stuff is going to sell. And then it, it allows for consistent sales because you have different buyers at different times going into your store. So just my thoughts. All right. I have one more story. It's here. Okay. So two weeks ago, I went to a garage sale. And I got there super early, which isn't the norm for me these days. Uh, actually, I haven't gotten a lot of garage sales because it's been slim. It's mm-hmm. still slim. Like the, the other, yeah, yesterday I, I went sourcing and we're recording this on a Sunday and I picked up some good stuff, but it was, it, it, it wasn't until like the last stop. Hmm. Right. So I always let everyone know, like find other avenues to source, right? Because right now we're in a place where, you know, at any time, like what if we have ultimate lockdown again? I hope not ever again. Mm -hmm. You know, like I had to find a place to cut my son's hair that was doing haircuts outside. Like it was pretty cool. Like you go out there and there's like, you know, people with their, they they literally had like the chairs that you Mm -hmm. cut hair with outside. But, you know, I'm hoping that anyways, that doesn't relate to this, but it's, who would have thought? Yeah. Right. Who would have yeah. thought that I'd I'd finally go, hey, there's a barber shop there. Okay, son, because he starts school here pretty soon. And uh anyways, I say all that because garage sales have been slim. So I decided to go early and they said they they had a lot of Harley stuff. And actually, uh, this is due to one of our listeners, uh Tis of All Trades, uh, you know, sent me a DM and said, Hey, there's some Harley stuff. I'm like, you know, maybe you want to check this out. And so I'm like, all right. So I, I showed up there. 7.20 a.m. And it's one of those things where you're like, am I at the right house? Mm. Right? It didn't start till 8 o'clock. And they had a big dumpster in the front. So I'm like, oh, no. Like, was this something that already happened? Mm-hmm. And I showed up a week later. So I'm sitting there and I look at the pictures. I do the Google map, make sure I'm at the right location. And I'm at the right place. So it's 7.20 in the morning. Starts at 8 o'clock. No one shows up till about 7.35 and all these cars start showing up. So it's a big driveway. I'm like, oh no. Like I, I hate the Q4 anxiety mm. feeling. Like, you know, we're gonna have to I'm gonna have to go in this house, I'm gonna have to grab stuff and everything. And it's 750-ish. And then you know, everybody's in their car, and like who's gonna be the first one to go to the door, right? Cause as soon as somebody starts moving, everybody moves, right? So, you know, I'm like, hey, I was here first. I'm getting out. So I get out, I go out there, and we're all there, and I'm like, oh. I don't like this. Like, I, I just, I just don't. And this guy approaches me and he's like, Hey, so what are you here for? Cause we all know we're resellers. Like no one shows up super early. Yeah. And I'm like, and you know, I don't tell people what I'm getting a source for. Like, why, why would I share that? Right? Yeah. That's when you like throw them off the scent and you're like, yeah, they've got all of these vintage games up you know on the second floor. I didn't even think about that. That would have been. A and good then idea. they go in and that's all they're looking for. It's like, where's the vintage <laughs> games? Where's the, vi-? and you're, you're to go straight for the Harley stuff. Cause that's what they're, you know, yeah. That's genius. So do that from now on. So, but I know, <laughs> but I noticed the guy meant business because he came in with a U-Haul rental truck. Holy cow. Right. No. Okay. But it wasn't the, it was just the 1999 truck, just yeah, the truck, yeah. the flatbed, but still it meant business. Right. 
So I said, ah, you know, whatever's there. I'm just looking, you know, to get a good deal. And he's like, well, so you're not here for the safe. I'm like, no, I'm not here for the safe. Like I, I like that's too heinous. And he's like, okay, good. Cause I drove from LA and I'm here for the safe. And I'm like, okay, man, that, that would have got my interest. I'd have been like, maybe, maybe I, maybe oh, I'm no, here no. For the safe. he's going to make money on the safe. He's going to make probably two, three grand. I just, for me, it's just not my thing. Like, you know, it would have ended up in a, I would have had a, a death pile of safes. <laughs> You could use it as like, you could store your expensive inventory there, there inside the safe and tell there, sells. There you go. There you go. So, and maybe I need to get into the safe sourcing, you know, maybe that's the next level. Yeah, safe sourcing. Make sure to practice safe sourcing while you're out there. Oh my goodness. Did we go there? Did we just go there? All right. So, okay. <laughs> All right. So the, the gal, the, the gal in the safe sale shows up and it, I love it because it was a, it was a private estate sale. It wasn't one, one, but run by a company. Cause usually when it's a company, like prices always end up going up. She shows up and then she asks everybody, what are you here for? And I'm like, huh, this is going to be interesting. But it was cool because one guy is like, hey, I'm here for coins. One guy was said, hey, I'm here for the furniture. Somebody said the guy that said he's here for safe said he's here for safe. Somebody else said, hey, I'm interested in your Christmas stuff. I'm like, all right. Like, again, it's a reminder to me that Whenever you're sourcing anywhere, you can't go in with the assumption that everybody's trying to get the exact same thing that you're getting and then give up and go, you know what? It's not worth it to me. Now, I did feel bad because I said, hey, I'm here for the Harley stuff. And she's like, oh, yeah, I have some in the living room and I have stuff in the back. And then the guy behind me goes, yeah, I'm here for the Harley stuff, too. And I automatically goes, I'm going to buy all your Harley gear. So I'm just going to buy it all out. You said that? I, I just said it out. Like, I, you know, you, you just anchor like. Don't come at me like I'm buying all of it. Now, the sad thing was ooh, there wasn't a lot of stuff. Hmm. So I walked in and she had a stack of shirts and the guy's right behind me. So I literally just went and just grabbed them all. Like I didn't even look if they're Harley. I just grabbed them all. And then I went straight to the back and I could tell the guy was kind of annoyed. Like, but I'm like, dude, I was here 40. I was here 30 minutes before you, man. Hmm. Like it is what it is. Like, and so I grabbed the shirts. I grabbed the Harley uh, bike bike seat, which, you know, that's my new bolo now, like bike, uh, bike seats. And then I went to the back and there was like some kind of equipment, which has been nice because I've been understanding Harley parts more. And so, and they go for good money. So I picked up now. I did miss out on one item. I did the normal like vulture, like, you know, when somebody has something in their car or mm -hmm. whatever, and you're just like waiting to see if they're going to drop it. And eventually the guy put it on the, uh, it was the, it was the back end of a, uh, so on Harley bikes, you have like the backrest mm -hmm. and those can go for money depending on the model. And I saw the guy had it in his hand and he put it on the side and eventually I'm like, should I leave the estate sale? No, I'm going to wait. Cause that's a hundred dollars right there. And eventually I go up to it and I look at it. I'm like, is this yours, man? He's like, yeah, that's fine. I'm like, oh, all right, bro. I just put it down and I left. But all that being said, everybody was able to get what they needed to get, right? There's enough of the pie for everybody. Except for the guy who no, no, also no. wanted Harley. He still he still scored some Harley pieces, right. like somewhere else, and he scored some other items. And then, you know, you get that whole, like, why did he pick up that? Mm. Right? Did I miss out on something? You like, you get this FOMO too, right? We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting a scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Cellhound. 
They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sawhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sawhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code, all in caps, PureHustle25. That's the numbers, 25. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to Sawhound.com and subscribe using our promo code, purehustle 25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, And we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, So we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, You need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, So... First of all, is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, You're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, And your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. I share that story though. Again, there's plenty to go around. You never know what other sellers are trying to get. And you got to move quick. Like you got to be on it. And if there's ever an opportunity where you have competition, you just say, I'm going to buy it all out. And you try to make a deal with the seller at that point in time. So then it removes everybody else from the equation. Right. Yeah. Now you've seen garage sales where I've gotten into it with people. Like people get on and get yeah. after me on Instagram where yeah. like Orlando, like why, why did you like, wh- why are you trying to buy out? I'm like, well, because this is business. Like this is business. So. Um, business. And, and maybe you could say it in a way that, that is a little more sorry real <laughs> in the sense of it's your livelihood, yeah, right? True, like true, it's true. not just like, Hey, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to make money, you know, so that I can have my yacht. Right. Like this is, I need to feed my kids. Well, I got a question for people in the comments. So people come at me all the time in DMS about like when I haggle people for a dollar and like, I've had people call me cheapskate, like, Man, you have no integrity. I'm like, what? I didn't steal anything. Like, I, I went for the best deal. And, you know, you multiply. They can always say no. Yeah, they could always say no. And if you think about it in business terms, if you're always willing to say, you know what, I'm going to be the better person. It's okay. I'll, I'll pay up for this. In time, that can add up to a lot of money. Yeah. If you, I mean, if you just 
averaged because some items you're you're able to get an extra twenty dollars off, right? You're buying some for two hundred bucks and you get twenty dollars off. Some items you're only getting a dollar off. But if you just average one dollar per item and you consider how many items you're selling a year or buying a year, mm-hmm. right? That's thousands of dollars. And reinvesting that dollar into something else, yeah. right? Which could bring in more cash flow. Mm-hmm. So interested in your in your comments. Is it an integrity thing or is it business? Let us know. I'm really interested in what people say. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Let us know. Let us know in the comments below. I'd like to know what you think. <laughs> oh, it's bad. People people are not kind. That's all I'm gonna say. But it does, you know, whatever. Like I'm so glad I was a school administrator because yeah. I've had everything thrown at me. I think in my in my feeling on that like on this, like it goes the same way, like because there's two sides of every bargain. There's 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 two parties involved, right? There's the person selling, the person buying, typically, or offering a service and trying to acquire the service. And if you're really gonna say that if you're on the side of the bargaining table that's trying to buy the item, that trying to get it for as cheap as possible is the wrong thing to do, then you'd also have to take that same consistent perspective on the other side of the table and say, hey, if somebody offers you money, like, hey, I'll give you $20 for this, then every time you need to say, you know what, I'll give it to you for for 15. That's true. You know, so like, or you go to the store, you go to Walmart and they say, you say, hey, I know this shirt's only $10, but you know what? I think this is a good deal. I'd rather give you $11 for this shirt. Like, I don't think people do that. Like people are looking for the best deal they can get. And so I think both sides, uh, they have equal opportunity to make that that decision on on trying to get the best deal for them and where they meet in the middle is where that where that deal happens so well and that's what happened one more point in all this was that at the end you know i had my huge bundle right and to me one of the best ways to negotiate is with a bundle and you know she had made a comment at a certain point she had said well i see all you guys out there with your phones so what do you think's a fair price in my head i'm like you have a cell phone in your hand. Mm. Like you had the opportunity to research, mm-hmm. right? But you chose not to. And I, I, I told her, I said, hey, listen, here's the deal. Like fair price is whenever we both walk away happy, right? You feel like it was fair and I feel like it was fair and, and we're good to go. And, you know, I didn't want to give the number and she, she played hardball. Like she did not give the first number. I actually had to anchor this one, which I rarely do. And I just said, $30. She's like, $30? I'm like, well, you know, what do you think? And she's like, 45 And then I'm like, you know what? I can do 40 She's like, I don't know. Like, you guys have, you guys can look stuff up and everything. <laughs> I just, I'm thinking in my head, like, there's nothing unjust happening here. Like, we yeah. had the equal playing field in both of these, right? And-, and knowledge is one of those, one of those tools you have at the bargaining table. And if one person is willing to get the knowledge and do the research and the other person isn't, yeah, like you said, they both have equal opportunity for that. And whoever comes in with the most knowledge and the most, you know, they, they have. Now, again, we've mentioned this in, in way early podcasts. And so I think. That, yeah, we haven't talked about this in a long time. But I think it's important to say, like, what we're not saying is we're not saying go to um, an older person who's, you know, maybe got dementia and they've got a car that's Agreed. worth $50,000 and you know it's worth $50,000 and they really have no idea. And you're like, I'll give you $100 for your car. And you're trying to, like, scam people. Um, who are at an absolute disadvantage that we would hundred percent say is wrong. That's Agreed. not okay. But in the, in the car selling world, if, if the re the, the value that you can get for that car is $50,000, everybody's going to be trying to get that car for, can I get it for 35? Can I get it for 40 and make that $10,000 flip? And that's the kind of thing, because it might take me 10 months and a little bit of restoration to get the 50 for like, there's a difference between this is what a, a, and I think the good uh, a good way of thinking about it, and, and this is like the case for 
you know, people who are trained in CPR and those kinds of things, right? Like if you're, if you work with kids, like you have to have your CPR training. And one of the things you're taught is there's the Good Samaritan law, which is if it's something that a rational person would, would do, and you're not acting outside, even if you make a mistake, like it's okay. If it's like, if, if, if a jury of your peers would look at that and say like, yeah, a normal rational person would make a similar decision, then you're okay. You're protected. Now, if you're like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm going to hit your chest with a baseball bat as hard as I can Jeez. to see if that helps you. But people would say, okay, that's not right. And I think the same thing applies for reselling. If, if, if every reseller who's out there is going to be trying to get this for a certain price point and it's within, you know, 10% of, of, you know, each other, I think that's the fair price that resellers are willing to pay for because they've got to do all the other work on the other side. Now, if you're trying to scam people out of stuff, that's a totally different story. Yeah, agreed. I've always, I've always made the argument is as long as you have a cell phone and you have the ability to research, it's an equal playing field for everybody. It, it really is, right? I, that individual had the opportunity. They could have gotten up earlier, showed up to their estate sale, and they could have researched items, but they chose not to, right? And so... I don't know. Interesting what people think below. You know, I, do, you, do you think that sometimes you can have an offer that is too low? Right. I don't believe there is because people can always say no. Right. But I don't know. I'd be interested. All right. Ready to move forward? Yeah. All right. And before we move forward, though, we got to talk about social media real quick. So yeah. if you haven't been following us yet, definitely follow us. Hey, the best way to get a hold of us is through the DMs and Instagram. Facebook, I'm getting better about it. You know what? My goal this week is going to be to get to all the Facebook messages, even the ones from last year, I'm just going to, wow. I'm just going to, because remember the reason we didn't reply is we weren't getting notifications. Yeah. yeah. So I feel really bad. So hopefully you still listen to our podcast. You're not like Orlando, why are you replying to me a year and a half later? Yeah. So that's, I mean, you got to remember, um, neither Orlando or, or I were using social media like at all. It's true. Before, it's before so we true. did Pure Russell podcast. So, uh, this was all a learning experience for us. And, We're still uh, learning. Yeah. So, um, so, but you can find us on social media on Instagram, on TikTok, and Facebook as Pure Hustle Podcast. We are on Twitter as Pure Hustle Cast. You can also watch us on YouTube if you like. You can subscribe to us and hit that bell notification. We are Pure Hustle Podcast. Give us a call if you want 619 1170. We would love to take calls, you know, Hustle of the Week or Bolo. You know, whatever it is, and we'd love to share on the podcast if it fits into, you know, everything we're talking about at 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. You could also email us at purosapodcast at gmail.com. That's purosapodcast at gmail.com. As always, thank you guys for the donations. Uh, We had talked about in the last podcast. We're still working through sponsors. We kind of lost one. So donations always help us out and buying shirts helps us out. And as always, one of the best ways to help us out is reviews on iTunes. Yeah. I almost feel like we're kind of doing like a, a fun drive at the moment, but like realistically, like all of the help you drive. can give us, um, you know, th- that we've received in the past, people purchasing shirts, um, the people who give us donations has been huge, especially now because yeah, we, we had a hit on, on sponsorship. Uh, but even if you can't, if you're like, you know what, like I'm, I'm struggling to make ends meet. We're the first ones to say, Hey, go back, listen to our level up reviews on, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey and on Rich, uh, Rich, Man, Rich, Dad and Rich Man in Babylon and figure out how to get your finances set. Like don't give away money you don't have. Uh, but if you, if that's your situation, like just leaving us a review in iTunes is so big. It makes such a big impact on people being able to find our content. Uh, so we really, really appreciate all of you who've taken the time to do that. Yeah. So again, a content always a hundred percent free. 
and the reason we do that is because, hey, a lot of people that get into reselling, it's because they need to make ends meet, right? Or they, they, they need to take care of a situation or they lost a job. So that's why we're always free. And so when we ask, we're never asking to continue the podcast because we're going to continue regardless, but we'd love your help. That's where we're at. Yeah. All right. Are we ready? Yeah, we are ready because even though I have no idea what's happening in the reselling world, Orlando does, and he is going to educate me on the things that matter the most. Take it away, Orlando. You know, it's scary when you say I'm going to educate you because I always say this. I could be wrong. Like I, I just bought a set of buckles the other day and I thought I was going to make a lot of money on them. And I think I'm still going to make money, but not what I thought. And I did an Instagram story and I was very careful saying, hey, these could be repop souvenir buckles or they could be antique ones. And right now I'm kind of, I don't know, on some of them. Right. So, mm. so always research what I share. Cause yeah. now, not that, not that we have fake news. No. Or we are, to- reseller topics. We are news that you can trust. <laughs> Your most trusted news source, That's PHP. Right. Yeah. Bringing you all things reselling related. All right. Hey, managed payments. Yeah. Hi, how are you feeling about managed payments? I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously there's some of the interesting things like just trying to f- get familiar with the, like what it really means when we're getting new alerts, right? Like the first time we got the alert of like the funds are being held, like when we did the refund. And then like, there was like, as if like we had a pending refund, yeah, but we had already that, did the did, refund yeah. and it was like super confusing. Like, wait a minute. Like, it's saying like until this is resolved, but we've already refunded the buyer. Like why? Like I'm I'm not sure what's happening here, and it was kind of just confusing for us. Uh, but I'm still trying to figure out the how much fees we're actually paying because there's been a few items, and I need to actually sit down and and go through and update my my spreadsheet and figure out how much fees they're taking out. I haven't done that in a few weeks, mm-hmm. uh, but just what I'm seeing, and I could be wrong. But just what I'm seeing, like I feel like I'm paying more in fees now, like total per item, or at least on certain items than I was in the past before managed payments. And I could be totally off here. I might end up being paying the same. Um, Orlando and I, before the podcast started, we tried to do like some math on a couple of them, and they all came out under under you know the the thirteen percent. But there's a few where I'm looking at, and I'm like, I feel like I'm paying like fifteen percent on on this item. So and let so, me explain the thirteen percent though. Yeah, sure. Right, the ten percent. So before managed payments, right? And some of you, it's funny because we're all technically supposed to be on managed payments, but somehow we're not, which is another interesting scenario. It was usually 10% eBay fee and 2.9% PayPal fee, right? So that's where we got the 13% from, right? And what you're saying is that we may be paying more now on certain things. That, that's your feeling. That's what you're you're possibly seeing. Yeah, that's what, it, that's what it seems like to me. And again, like I'm not, I'm not saying that this is absolutely what's happening. Um, I need to actually sit down and do the math on all of my items, but there's been at least two items, like two big sales I've had so far that I've like looked at and I've, I've, I just did the math in my head and I was like, this just seems off. So um, I need to like actually figure it out. So maybe let us know in the comments below, um, has, do you feel like you're, you have more money in your pocket now after managed payments or do you feel like eBay is taking a little bit more? Um, I mean, I think that's just a good thing. Cause I, I remember one of the things you were excited about for managed payments was losing PayPal's, getting rid of PayPal's, uh, what you were considering stealing, where if, if there was, was a refund, you weren't getting that like 2.9% back to you. Um, so to me though, my thought is if I'm actually paying more over like every sale, even if it's a fraction of a percent more, 
am I paying more and losing more money in the long run than the occasional 2.9% on a refunded item that only occasionally happens? No, I see what you're saying. And I did, I ran the numbers with Mike and from everything I saw, it was, it was less than PayPal. It was, and you know, and, and some items is actually far less. Like it was actually like 9%. It, it depends. You have to look at it. You have to go, what category is your item in? Right. And you have to remember shipping plays a part, right? That's one of the reasons I don't like posting that 90 day total because that 90 day total on eBay includes your shipping. Mm -hmm. Right. So somebody can have like an outstanding like 90 day total, but like a third of that could be shipping cost, right? Yeah. Depending shipping on Shipping and selling. cost of goods, right? Like your your actual return on each item, profit off each item might be, you know, significantly smaller. So you might sell items for a hundred dollars every day all day long, but you're making $1 per sale. You know? <laughs> yeah, I know. So, But the number itself doesn't include the cost of goods, but I see what you're saying with the ROI part. But the number itself is just, it includes shipping on there, right? And so that could be misleading. Like even if you look at that chart with the bar graphs, right? It shows how much you sold on this day and this day and this day, that includes shipping in that number, right? And so when you do managed payments, you have to include the shipping on there. And so eBay takes the 30 cents per transaction, which... You know, I don't know if they're ever going to do away, but I, I think the higher tier store you have, I think that should go away. I mean, it, you're already paying to to list it or you're paying for essentially the listing with your store and then you pay for the final And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if you have an, you pay for the fee. Yeah. Maybe if you have an enterprise store, it's, it's gone. I, I have to look at it. So, but on Amazon, I know you, once you pay the $40 pro seller account, like that 99 cents that you charge per item goes away. So when you're doing the, when you were doing the math for the percentages, were you adding that 30 cents in? Cause if you're yes. selling s smaller items, cause that might incentivize selling, you know, higher, higher price items because 30 cents on a hundred dollar sale is significantly less of a hit than 30 cents on a $10 sale. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I have been, I have been. And it's to me, the math has been great. Like on all of it. And, and some, I end up better. The, the part where people, get confused in is if you do promoted listings, like sometimes you got to be careful promoted listings. Like if you said, Hey, put it at the ad rate that, you know, what's the norm? Like you could have some stuff that's like a 9%, you know, stuff that's higher than that. You could be losing a lot of money last, I think it was last October. Like I thought I was making all this money, but I wasn't because I was losing a lot of money in promoted sales. Cause I kept saying, I kept putting everything a percentage above the the suggested ad rates. Ooh, no way. That was I've terrible. Just, I've just did it 2% on yeah, everything. No, I'm 2% across the board yeah. now too. The other thing is if you sell FedEx, if you ship FedEx, you do not get charged for FedEx until the end of the month. Right? And a lot of people are like, man, my, my fees were like crazy at the end of the month. And I'm like, hey, did you ship FedEx? And they're like, oh yeah, I did. And they're looking like, oh, that's what it was. Right? So take a look. I will say... It's a lot easier to look at the numbers than it was before. I like the report. It's it's very easy to, you know, kind of take a look where before it just it felt like it was a jumbled mess. I still wish that they just did it all in one thing. Like when you go to your PayPal, like before you could go to like your PayPal transaction and it would tell you everything. I wish eBay, when you went to your sale, within the sale, it would just say, here's what eBay took. Here's what your promoted listings was. Here's what, instead of having to search through a whole bunch of different line items, mm. but you know, that's for that. Now on the good side, managed payments is being consistent now. So I think there was this weird, like, Hey, it's going to take three to four days to get your money. So now 
if, if it says on Monday, you're going to get your money on Tuesday, I get it on Tuesday. The only gap there is now for me is the weekend. So if it says I'm going to get something, you know, on is, Hey, we're going to pay you out and it's Friday. You don't see that money till Monday, but it's been consistent, right? Where I think the first go around, it was like three or four days. And I was like, Ooh, that's rough. So take a look at that. Now here's the other thing. And I don't know how many people are aware. Have you been getting the little pop-up on your, on your app? Like items, re- item specifics required? Yes. <laughs> Have you been dealing with that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit frustrating. Um, I mean, we talked about this, I feel a couple of episodes ago, like there's certain things where it's like, I know that I'm doing this for, for eBay. I'm not doing it for me because do I think it might help optimize the listing to a small degree? Maybe. But if I've got in my title that this is a red pair of shoes, right? I know most people, if they're looking up the things like they're going to find, they're going to find it and it should be able to algorithm should be strong enough to be able to pull it up just by the title, right? Like if someone's like red Birkenstocks that if it doesn't say red in the item specifics, like it should still come up if that's what you have in your title, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and so there's a lot of items that I have that are like that where, you know, like maybe a a, a mug that I'm selling and it wants to know the brand and it wants to know this and it's like, manufacturer year and some of those aren't like required but some things are required and it's like i don't think this is going to affect people buying my stuff but i have to now go spend the time to pull this out of a tote and look it up and like all right what is this and 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 try and find all these item specifics that i don't know if i feel like it's my prerogative if it's like i if i don't want to list put that thing i shouldn't have to put it there but i get that it's going to help ebay's system be better and them to be able to have better reporting because that's probably really what they want to be able to do is be able to pull up a report to say you know, can we see trends? Like how many red shoes have sold over these months and which months do these? And what about these brands and these sizes? And so it's probably harder for them to pull that kind of data and reports if the information is only in like the description or the, the, the title, but it's like, why do I have to do the work for that? Well, I think, I think it, it's helpful. And this is what I'll, I'll say. So when you go to Amazon, right, you're trying to find like an item, right. And it's a shirt, whatever. Now they do have like the categories on the left side, Mm. but they're not as specific as they are on eBay. And this is just super anecdotal. There's no data. This is just my experience, but I've had a lot of apparel that had been sitting on Amazon's rankings for over a year and they're selling on eBay. Now it could be because you know, they're new and it's pushed up on the algorithm, but I do believe part of it has to do with the fact that when you search stuff on Amazon, you just put in the search bar and there's only so many options on the left. I think on eBay, I think people are more prone to like choose the size that they want, whether they want it new or used, what, you know, what kind of shipping, uh, you know, if it's an electronic, what kind of wiring do they have? What kind of brand, you know, all those specifics, mm-hmm. excuse me. Wow. This poor Mike just got bathed and oh, as long as it didn't get me. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. All right. We should have a, we should have a plexiglass shield in between us. Maybe we should. <laughs> all right. So, but I, I say all that because I do think it's helpful. I do think it's helpful. Now, I'm not just sharing this reseller topic to just go like, hey, this is what eBay is doing. So eBay did release a tool. And I shared this about a few months ago when I had the major issue when I was trying to change my handling and it wouldn't let me do it because I had to fix item specifics. And one tool they offered me, which now they've offered to everybody, is this thing called OptiSeller. So if you go to the eBay community seller page, right? There's announcements. There's this thing called OptiSeller and it's pretty nice. I think it's going to help you streamline this. And and eBay is giving this for free 
until the end of December. So basically what OptiSeller is, is you go there and you run this report. Now, when you run this report, I'm trying to run it real quick here to give you more of an idea of what it looks like. When you run this report, there's going to be this thing called Aspect Finder when you get to OptiSeller. Now, you're going to have to do this login. It's going to log in your store. And when you go to it, you're going to be able to run a report. And what the, what the report will do is it'll tell you which items do you have that are required item specifics, which items are ones that are recommended, and there's a few other options that are on there. And what it does, it puts it all on one page, right? So it tells you required, required soon, preferred, optional. And so right now I have about 14 items. So when you click on the categories, it'll give you every single item that's in that category. And it has like these boxes. And so in that, let's say it's cameras, right? And you have like 10 cameras. It'll put all those 10 cameras on that page and it'll tell you which ones are, you don't need to do any actions, which one of those you're missing item specifics, which ones are the ones that are required. And you can just do it all on that one sheet and you're done. Yeah, but some of the ones that are required, it's like battery type. No, I know. Right? Like, really? I have to open it up and figure out what kind of battery no, no, type but, it is? But sometimes they, they on the app, I know it'll fill it. It'll, it'll give you options on the mm. app sometimes. Right? And you actually can get away with putting in your own. And you just hit, like, on the app. N-A. <laughs> yeah, no, you could. And you just hit the plus and I'll add it and that's it. Because what eBay is doing too, which I like, is they're actually asking sellers, like, what is a good item specific? So... For example, there might be a style that's not on there. And if enough sellers put that style in, it becomes part of the template. Hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, hey, check out OptiSeller. It's free. I used it back in the day. It really helped a lot. It, you know, it, it is a learning curve. But once you figure it out, it's pretty easy because you can take care of a bunch of items on one page instead of like on the app. You have to go one by one by one by one. And it, and it gets pretty, you know, it gets pretty tedious right now. So like yesterday, I had, I did... Two, so, so right now I'm showing Mike that there's two for video games, right? But mm -hmm. it's, it's right there and it's telling me, all right, required soon. So I just have to make sure those purple ones get filled out and I'm good to go. And, and then at the yeah. bottom, I put color. Really? Yeah. Color? The color of the video game? Well, no, you but, need that? Yeah, but that's not, but that's not required though. It's preferred. Is it preferred on here? Yeah. It is preferred. Yeah, that's it is preferred. silly. Okay, I, all right. Okay, I know, but it's preferred, right? So that's your choice, right? And then you go revise on eBay, and then it'll take care of it. You don't have to do anything else. It's a gray cartridge for the video game. It's, it's a, I mean, what do you do for a like a like a like a PlayStation game, right? That's like a like a CD, and you know, do you describe the color of the top of it? Do you describe the color of the case? Like, what do you describe? I mean, I get that one's preferred, but some of, some of the things that are required, like, and again, I get, I do think that the more filters you have, I'm just thinking cost benefit analysis. Um, and, and maybe I'm totally off on this, but maybe it increases my chance of getting a sale on an item by a percent, but the amount of time and energy that I'm gonna have to take to do all of these, is it worth it? You know, I don't know. No, I hear you. I hear you. So opt to seller, check it out. Go to the eBay community seller page. Yeah. Their announcements. Use it. I mean, it's cool. I mean, if they're giving you a program that'll help make it easier. And it's um, free I'm all for that. It's free. Till, it's 40 bucks after that. Mm. So use it now. Use Get it all now. your stuff done now. All right. Hey, so it's almost Q4. So Amazon has put out their holiday seller selling requirements in toys and games. And so I just wanted to touch on this because we get a lot of questions about this. So I think if there's ever a time to do merchant fulfilled, it's going to be this Q4, right? I'm a big FBA guy. And actually, I did this last year to do merchant fulfilled, and then I never did it. Mm. 
But the reason I'm going to do it now is because supply chains, like supply chains were broken back in, you know, March, April, May, so much so that they were only willing to do FBA for essential items. I don't believe it's going to get that bad, but you never know. Right. So it's always good to have that option in your back pocket. So what this means is not that you can't sell FBA. This is only merchant fulfilled, only merchant fulfilled. Right. As long as you're ungated, you can send anything into FBA right now. Right. Mm. This is merchant fulfilled. So your first sale on Amazon must be prior to September 1st and does not need to be specific to toys and games. So make sure you get that. Right. It could be anything. So right now I have stuff that I've done merchant fulfilled that are more like school related but it counts under this. So it works out. So I strongly suggest that you find something that is lower price that will sell faster because of the ranking and you can get this done really quick. You must have processed and shipped at least 25 seller fulfilled orders from August 15 to October 14. Okay. So here's the thing though, make sure it is something that is drama free because what have had happened. And, and actually right now I've been talking with college picker and we both have A to Z claims on an item. A to Z claims is not something you want on Amazon. And if you're not selling a lot of merchant fulfilled, right, your ratio is worse and you can't have above a 1% of a negative A to Z claim. So both of ours have been, I've, I've had mine under appeal for about two months. What happened with mine is I sold something and I shipped it from Wisconsin and to do a return, you have to ship it to me in California because that's where I live. But the person, instead of shipping it back, to me in California, they instead refused the package with the post office and then ended up shipping back to Wisconsin. So I didn't know I had it and I couldn't do the return. Right. But right now, Amazon is it's it's there. Like I can't do anything about it. So what I'm saying is make sure it, it's drama free. Make sure it's something that you're sending from where you're at and that your return address goes back to you. Make sure everything is up to par. And so you have that option. Right. And the other thing is make sure that you don't cancel any of your orders. Make sure that you ship on time. Basically all good things, but you want to have this option available. So again, this is only for seller fulfilled. I think it's going to be very important to skew for, especially if you want to do Amazon. I like it. All right. Uh, and then this last one, which I don't think it's terrible news, but we need to address it. So USPS, I was wrong. I posted something on Instagram that said, I don't think this is going to apply directly to, to us eBay sellers. I think it's going to apply to high volume, but I think it's going to apply to everybody is USPS is raising their prices from October 18th through December 25th during the holiday. Yeah. I'm sure part of it is the holiday packages too. And then the increased demand that the post office is going to be having in, you know, specifically the months of October, which is a good sign, right? Yeah. If the post office believes it's going to happen, chances are likely it's going to happen. As far as Q4? Yeah. Like a big Q4? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, and then and then the other aspect of that is, you know, I think the reason maybe they're starting in October is the, you know, the whole talk of, you know, mail-in voting and all of that. And so there's going to be an increased demand on the post office, not just with a high Q4, um, you know, inventory moving through the post office is going to be intense, uh, especially because fewer and fewer people are going to retail stores and buying stuff and they're getting stuff online. But then also if the post office is dealing with an influx of, you know, mail-in ballots and all of these things, it's going to put a strain on the post office system. And so it only makes sense that that they're charging a little bit more to actually make sure they have the staff and all the things they need to make that happen. And I, I would hope, I guess here's my thing. I'm okay with 
during that increased volume of of activity going to the post office, paying more for shipping if that guarantees that things are going to be getting to where they're supposed to be when they're supposed to be getting there and things aren't getting lost mm. because they have the increased <clears throat> money allows them to have the employees they need, the staffing, the tools they need to get our shipments. But if we're dealing with, you know, Q4 shipments and we're paying more for it and we're dealing with even more problems, like right now we're having problems, right? Stuff's getting lost. Things it's are gotten better though. And it has gotten better. But imagine if, imagine if we're going through that again, what we were going through last month intensified and we're paying more for that. Like, I think that would be hard to swallow. So what I wanted to share too is Mike is saying, and we're paying more for that, right? So uh, real quick, let me go through the rate. So first class packages are going to go up 25 cents. Priority mail, 40 cents. Parcel. I didn't want to say parcel. I had to catch myself. Parcel. Parcel. Like how you like changed your whole tunnel. (laughs) I had to because I'm so used to parcel. 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 Select ground, like buttons and buttons. I have to, you know, think about it. 40 cents a package. And if you do priority mail express a dollar fifty a package, but here's the thing, you don't have to pay that, mm. right? You can raise the prices in your shipping or you can raise the prices on your goods, or you can add shipping and handling fee to your mm. items. Now, all these things obviously may affect your sell through rate, right? I personally, I'm not going to change my shipping prices. The, and this is my rationale behind that. I believe it's going to give me more of a competitive edge, right? If somebody can get... You just eat that cost. That I'll just eat that 25 cost. cents or 40 cents or whatever. Yeah, if it's yeah. going to bring me more sales and bring me more money in, I'm okay with that. So, And I've always been like that. I have not changed my priority mail uh, shipping prices probably for like five years. I think you can get away with that for a while. Like, I just think like, for instance, a good example, for the longest time, McDonald's, you know, they had their dollar menu. And you can, oh, they yeah. had a whole list of items uh-huh. you can get. And for years, it was always a dollar. And and like, I'm just like, man, that was the same price when I was like in junior high mm-hmm. or like elementary school. It was the same list of items for a dollar. You know that because of inflation and cost of things going up, that they're losing more and more money each year, right? On those items. But and in the long run, they're gaining more. Well, I mean, that's true. But but eventually, what do they do? They change it from the dollar menu to All a right. value menu. Yeah. Or two for three right now. Yeah. And so they they increase, they have to at some point, and it's almost like a big jump. Like it went from like, wait a minute, you had 20 items for a dollar each, and now you've got like five items that are two for three, right? Like they, they have to at some point adjust with it. So you might end up in your, if you do this with shipping, right? If over the next five years, costs go up, you know, a couple percent every year, you might keep everything the same for a while. But then after that five-year point, you might be like, all right, I need to raise my prices on shipping 5% across the board in order to just kind of make up for all of the years that I've lost and actually start to be closer to my original price. Because otherwise, if you continue and you stay the same forever, you'll end up losing money each year more and more. See, I'm, I'm, I push back a little bit against that. I like the Costco chicken model. Right. If you go to Costco, right, the rotisserie chicken is pretty good. Alex, I think so. Or even their hot dogs, right? Dollar fifty. It was a dollar fifty for a hot dog in a soda when I was like ten years old when it was called Price Club. You remember you don't remember Price Club. You weren't even born when it was Price Club. And so the Costco chicken model is they purposely put the chicken now. This could be considered It's a loss leader. It's a loss leader. Like it's all the way in the back of the store. But to get to it, you're gonna see all this merchandise. And how many times have I I know myself, I walked into Costco, I'm like that's pretty cool. I'm going to buy that. Right. Like I didn't even plan on doing it. And I think it's the same thing for me. It's if I can charge just even 80 cents cheaper. So for instance, it's 1280. If you buy your eBay label for a medium flat rate box, I think if you do it retail, I think it's over 15 bucks. It's like 15 something. 
I charge you eleven ninety nine. The reason I do that is when you go up in the search and you look at shoes, I may have the same pair of shoes as everybody else, but I have the cheapest shipping. It may not be a lot outside of free shipping. It may not be a lot more, but I think it does that psychological trick a little bit. So that's my thoughts on that. Yeah. So take it or leave it. There you go. All right. And uh, yeah, that's it for our reseller topics. Yeah. So hopefully that was helpful. Oh, no, no. I got one more. All right. I think this was really helpful. Shout out to Pirate Ship. Pirate Ship, you should sponsor us. Yeah. I'm going to send an email to Pirate Ship. If you listen to Pure Podcast and you've already left us a, uh, a review, that's that's the first one. Or, um, e- or email Pirate Ship. Yeah, too. yeah. So, so that's <laughs> the thing. If you haven't left us a review yet, don't do anything else until you leave us a review on iTunes because that's the biggest. But if you've already left us a review and you're still like, man, I really wish I could help Pure Podcast out a little bit. Yeah, just let's just spam Pirate Ship's email and just say like, Pure Hustle Podcast is great. You should sponsor them. Seriously. I'm going to send that an email out this week. That'd be cool. We'll see what happens. So they had this great thing about tips to lower your shipping costs. It was in their emails, one of the links. And I'm just going to share this because I thought it was great. It's, so first tip was keep your packages under one pound. If you can make your package weigh 15.99 ounces or less. So by the way, some people had said that eBay isn't doing first class 16 ounces. They are. Just on when you do the listing, it's only letting you put 15 ounces, which is strange, but you can still ship first class as long as it's 16 ounces or less, right? So you'll save money if you ship first class. Then they said, optimize your packaging. If your items will weigh more than one pound, the smaller you can make your package, the more you'll save with priority mail cubic, right? And that's pirate ship thing, right? Doing priority mail cubic. They said, use an envelope instead of a box, which is huge. Right, not only are poly mailers lighter than boxes, but the way the USPS calculates cubic pricing with envelopes is more generous. And I'll give you an example. And I know some people aren't going to be happy with what I'm going to say. I've been shipping shoes and poly bags. Hmm. I know. I know. I, I had people. Are you come, bubble wrapping them? Nope. Hmm. I, now, if they're high end shoes, I'm putting them in a box. But if it's, let's say, it's a Vibram Five Finger, or let's say. It's uh, a pair of uh, Merrill shoes, right? That are hiking, that have some cosmetic wear or, you know, some kind of shoes like that. I'm actually putting them, you know, I'm turning them. So like, you know, the top of the shoe is on each end and putting it together and putting a poly bag and I'm taping it and I'm shipping out and I've been saving sometimes a dollar, sometimes two to three dollars on each one. But if I sell a hundred shoes, that's a decent saving. So you could do it that way. I'm just good. That's been my new thing. It's good. And and you know what? I'm going to I'm going to totally, you know, admit that I was wrong on this. You're right. It's 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 Merle. It's not Merle. Okay. Um I looked it up. I looked up a YouTube there, video. Oh, really? I looked up a YouTube video you from the official? company. Oh, okay, from the company. From the company talking about um hi, I'm Jennifer from the sales department of Merle. And I'm like Oh man. Okay, so I'm right every once in a while in a pronunciation. So so um but that being said, I think Morel is a way better sounding name. So I might start my own company, my own shoe company and call it Morel because it's Morel, way better. <laughs> Morel Mikes. Just Morel. They could be Merle. I don't know. To me it's like Merle. It just doesn't roll off the tongue the same. But Morel sounds like that's good. So, anyways, so look out for that my own brand of shoes, Morel. I'll spell it a little bit differently. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pick up where they messed up on the naming. It's probably like someone's last name. I'm sorry if I'm offending Merle out there. <laughs> what are the odds of that? All right. They also said stop using regional rate or medium flat rate boxes, which that's one of the reasons I've been doing this because I used to be all team flat rate. And now I'm with putting shoes in a poly bag. I've been saving a lot of money. 
Uh, save on label printing. That's, you know, they're basically saying use a thermal printer, which I need to get to. And then they push a simple export, right? Save on international shipping, which I'm still team GSP, but I'm one day. That's a shirt idea. Team GSP. I'm telling you, we need a t-shirt club. I keep saying this. Not a t-shirt club. This, yeah. the, 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 the logistics every behind month, that. Every month we'll send you a new shirt with, with a cool, like it'll have the PHP logo and it'll have like a, a nifty saying on it and it'll be cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even imagine the logistics behind that. But if you, if you own a shirt company and you want to help us with that, you let us know. Shoot us a DM. Yeah, please please don't do your own. We're going to business. With don't it. do your own PHP T-shirt club, and then no, you know we, we're we've, loop. we've trademarked it. We trademarked it. All we right. did the thing where we sent an email or we sent a, a letter in the post office, and we wrote that we had this idea, so it was post dated already. And there we go. All right, let's move on from resellers. It's legal. <laughs> That's official. All right, Bolo. What's your bolo? Yeah. I, I tried doing it and I couldn't do it. You wanted to lip sync it? I wanted to lip sync it. Don't do it, do it, man. It's just, uh, it's awkward. All right. What's it's your awkward. bolo? Um, dolls. You know, I just watched an X-Files where like the doll, like people were like being killed all day long. Mm. So tell me. Yeah. Tell me dolls. about dolls. Um, and I'm going to be specific with this. And I think this, the, the, um, the, tip that I'm going to give is a little general too, which I think will help in maybe a lot of categories. And I could be wrong and always do your research. But um, when I'm talking about dolls, I'm I'm not a fan of, and I haven't done learning about like the decorative dolls, right? Like the ones that you could tell like people buy, they're in the, the boxes and they're really fancy. The China My doll. My mom like, has like a hundred dolls I, and they're worth nothing. I know people are into those and I'm sure there's some that are worth money. And every time I've seen them at like thrift stores, when I first started, I'm like, Ooh, this is probably expensive. And I try to look stuff up. Never got into that, but specifically, I'm talking about like more of a toy, actual kid doll, right? And specifically collectible ones. So I found when I was on my trip, two dolls that were at the store that should not be named. And I think they were $1.99 each. And they were new in box. One of them, the box was a little bit messed up. The other one, the box was pretty crisp. And it was Madeline and Friends mm. was the, the name of it. And I think it was, you know, from a TV show, Madeline. And the two that I got, I think were both friends. I think one of them might have been Madeline and one of them was the friend. I don't remember. But um, the one we sold that just recently sold and, and we're going to make like, I think the the total sell price was like almost 80 bucks and I paid $1.99 for it. it. was one of the friends, like one of the obscure friends in this this series. And it got me thinking, and my wife was actually the one that brought this to my attention. I think she's onto something here. Is a lot of times when a show like that comes out, you know, maybe new Star Wars or something like that. It's oftentimes like the main figure, the main character that gets all of the attention and is mass produced, right? So it's the one that's like, there's tons of this one. And then there's some that are made of like the friends and the ones that are like not quite the main character. But what it kind of looked like when we were doing our research was that the friends, the ones that were like the more obscure are actually selling for more money. And I think the reason why is because there wasn't as many of them in population or in circulation. And kids who got those probably opened them and played with them or his parents were probably like, Ooh, like here's like, here's the Madeline doll. It's the main one. We're going to save this one and not open it. And so there's probably more in circulation of unopened of the mass produced. Whereas the ones that weren't maybe as produced as many, you know, scarcity, scarcity creates value. And so when you're looking for things like that, don't be afraid to say, Hey, this is, I don't know, a toy story, you know, figurine. And it's not a Woody or a buzz. It's, you know, uh, the slinky dog, it's probably not worth as much. Well, you might actually be wrong. The slinky dog might be worth way more 
than the Buzz or the Woody because the Buzz and Woody were everywhere and there were fewer slinky dogs made type of a thing, right? So don't be afraid to look at the side characters in shows or in toys or things like that because those are often not as, there's not as many of them produced and that scarcity could create more value in the long run. So if you're at a thrift store and you're looking at stuff and you see one of the side characters that might be worth triggering to say, hey, this might actually be worth more than a main character. Now, I'm sure there's other situations where the main character is going to be the one that's worth infinitely more. Uh, but again, every situation is going to be different. But I think there's something to the fact of the ones that are not quite as popular might actually sell for more in the long run. I, that's good. I, I think Toy Story, I, I want to remember examples, but I remember when I was doing retail arbitrage, it was easy to find Buzz and Woody, and and but some of the more obscure ones would go for more money at times. So. And and it goes also with like toys where you need the accessories, mm-hmm. right? It's easy to get the toy itself, but sometimes people are just looking for a certain accessory that they can't find. So that's good. All right. Yeah. The, we're always trying to, we're trying to get creative here, right? So we get repeating the yeah, same. We could always just say. Uh, Doc Martens. Merles. Yeah. Merles. Merles. Just get yourself some Merles. All right. So mine is stowaway jackets. You know what I mean by stowaway jackets? Mm, the ones like fold up and you can like zip into like a pocket of its own. Yes. Yeah. Like I cannot hold on to a, a stowaway jacket for as long as it's a good brand like Patagonia, North Face, L Bean for more than a week. Mm. Usually the moment I list it, like within a week, it's gone. Right. And make sure in your listing that you take a picture of it in the little bag, mm. right? Don't say it's a stowaway jacket and then you don't have that picture. Now, I don't make it my initial picture because when people are scrolling, they're going to be like, what? Now, yeah. maybe it'll work. Maybe people will be like, what is this? And click on it. Or but, maybe you can do like a doctor picture where it's like two. It shows the real yeah, thing true. and then it folded up like next to it. Yeah. You know, I've never gone to that. I know some people do that. I don't know. I always wonder if it's harder for people to know what it is if you do that. But yeah. It may be good. But keep an eye out because especially right now as we're we're getting into winter, you know, one of the jackets I wish I didn't lose growing up was I had a North Face black puffer coat and it was a stowaway one. It's kind of crazy. And right now, I, I, I'm going to just throw this out there. I should just look it up right now. But I, I know that they're money if they're stowaway because I remember when I bought it, it cost me like $300. And if you can find vintage stowaway jackets... Those are money too. So just keep an eye because people are looking, you know, to travel. They want to have something light and they want to be able to, you know, just be able to go maybe hiking, right? They want to have something that they don't have to wear. And if they need to wear a jacket, they'll wear that jacket. So keep an eye for puffer coats or raincoats or especially Gore-Tex that are stowaways. Those can be money, right? And it has to be the brand. So obviously you have to do the research, but that's my bolo. Yeah. And so maybe, you know, the tip to take away is if you got a jacket that hasn't been selling for a while, try and shove the jacket in its own pocket and see if you can turn it into a stowaway. You know what? I have actually, I have done that a few times. So like, I wonder if this is a stowaway and like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. And it's, oh, it's not a stowaway. So yeah. I just wrinkled this thing for no reason. <laughs> Usually if it's a stowaway, it's an inside pocket with a zipper, right? It's not the random pocket on the outside that you can like roll into. Not gonna lie, I've tried that though. Yeah. So, all right, okay. So, what are you looking forward to in this next week um, or two? So, actually, our our talk on this episode kind of got me thinking. I think I'm gonna go through my store and um, put some items on auction. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try that. We haven't I haven't really done auctions since I first started eBay, and so 
you know, we've had a few interviews where people have talked about doing it and being successful for certain items. And so, yeah, I think I'm going to go through some of the old stuff that we have that has just been sitting for a while and auction it at a price where it's even at a break even. That's maybe I'll make that my starting point is the break even just because I'd rather have the cash than that item if it's never going to sell or if it's going to be years before it sells. I think I could, I think I could do more with that cash and the knowledge I have now than I could you know, with that inventory just sitting there. You know, so. I'm going to do, I'm going to do the same. Yeah. Like today it's Sunday, right? When we're recording this. So when's a good auction day? Like I always Sunday. wondered that. Is Sunday the Sunday, auction day? Seven day. If you look, some people may, again, there might be people disagree, but usually it's Sunday because it's end of the week and usually people are home by Sunday evening. Right. So what's a good end time? I think a good end time is about like four or 5 PM Pacific standard time because on the East coast, that's eight or 9 PM. Okay. Right. People Before people up, go to bed. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna do that too. Yeah, so and, and we'll we'll report back. I am not looking forward to the shipping. I mean, maybe don't do tons of items. Maybe do like 15 or 20 items because you know that's not terrible. You can get through that. Yeah, I was gonna do more. I just wanted. I just wanted to. I just want to go to bed going ching 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 ching, and then wake up. Well, I wouldn't be going to bed. It'd be in the evening that yeah. it'd be going off. But all right, let's do it. Let's let's report back and see what happens. Let's do it. So. I, I, I'm kind of worried that it, you know the thing if it doesn't sell, then it means it might never sell. Yeah, right. Possibly. Maybe do auction at maybe do auction at break even point for a, a couple months. Just let it relist every because that's the other thing too. Is you get a lot. So of I'm not going to do break even on mine though. You're going to do. I'm, I'm going to need some kind of profit. I mean that's fair. I think well and that's the reason why I say make the starting point break even because then when it bids up you're good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I think there's something to like maybe start it, but um you know, starting at higher, but maybe, you know, do fewer items, just do enough to kind of, you know, figure it out. But if an item has been on for a couple of months, you've tried auction every Sunday, you relist re it as an auction. Maybe at that point it triggers the, this might just be a donate or I'm, I'm going to do my own garage sale or go to a swap meet because yeah, that, that could be the clear indication that this item is just not, it's not going to move. Yeah, Cause you, I could, you know, I was thinking the argument, well, maybe the right buyer hasn't showed up, but I have some items that have been in my store for four or five years. <laughs> right buyer might that buyer might not be born yet. That buyer might have passed away by the time he's the item. Who knows? All right. We went to both ends of the spectrum there. We did. We did. Not even <laughs> born and already died. All right. Well, good. All right. So we're both looking forward to that. Um, I'm going to be doing one last major push on eBay. What I mean by that is I have been sourcing things intentionally and not listing them. Mm. What I mean is this. So I want to have at least a good 500 items that are unlisted that I will during Q4 when I'm busy doing all kinds of Amazon stuff that I will make them go live like 10 or 10 or 15 a day during Q4 that I don't have to source anymore. I don't have to go looking for, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Right. So then I can just devote my time to Amazon and I'm like, Oh no, my eBay store. No, my eBay store is really going to be good because I already have the inventory to list. Maybe I'll, I'll hire a helper and I'll just have them do all the listings and then there'll be drafts for whatever way I, I do it. And then once Q4 hits hardcore in October and November, I'll have those drafts and I'll just make those things alive. But I think if you already have the draft, it's better to have it listed earlier. I, I mean, I'm a big believer that, and, and I, again, I could be wrong, but if you've got, and I get what you're saying as far as like, you want to have the algorithm triggered all the way through, even when you're busy, mm -hmm. but I'd rather have an item listed today than sitting as a draft for two weeks so that I could trigger the algorithm, algorithm two weeks from now. Yeah. yeah, no, no. I get what you're saying. I, I got to figure out the way it's going to look, but I'm trying to have enough inventory for eBay so I don't have to stress about that was my that was my 
you know, the difficulty I had last year. That's why I hired a helper and it, it was great. Now I have to either go, I haven't talked to my helper in a long time. So I see if she's, <laughs> see if she's available. If not, I have to find another helper. Uh, and also I have to look into, do I want to have an Amazon team? <sighs> I don't know, man. Sharing is, it, it, it's, it's hard. It, it's, it's tough. I mean, this summer, you know, that one item I talked to you about, which we'll share in a future episode. Hey, maybe, maybe my wife and I can be part of your team because we don't do Amazon. Like we're not really competition. You can just give us a, a, a commission off each item that we pick up, you know, maybe, maybe I trust we'll you guys. That. So yeah. <laughs> what? if I can't trust you, who can I trust? That's right. So, all right. Hey, so that is the podcast. Thanks for tuning in. As always, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Peace. Peace.